0: Amen. Now is the time to worship him. Let's stand as we go into a time of worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great time to be together in the house of the Lord. We just pray you would receive our singing, our songs, our heart, our mind as an offering to you, Lord Jesus. Just bless this time in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: welcome let our songs be a sign we are here for you we are here for you let your Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place.
0: Yes, Lord, we welcome you, God. We invite you in to move in our midst, God. With our hearts open to you and our hands lifted high, we welcome you, God. Come, move in our midst. Receive our praise as an offering to you, Lord.
1: before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. Good oh he is my song let the king of my heart be the shadow where i hide the ransom for my life oh he is my song That again So good, so good, so good, good me. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, me down. you're never gonna let. Is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. He's the name above all. i Balls-
0: aspect of our lives, you're great. God, and you walk with us through the tough and difficult times. But Lord, we thank you this morning for your goodness. Bless us this morning with your continued presence and your your love and your grace. God, we thank you that your love never fails. it. You never take it away. God, bless us the rest of the service. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Greet somebody before you sit down. Love on them.
2: All right, ooh, there's an echo. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Journey Church. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, we would love to get connected with you. One way you can do that is by filling out, there's connection cards in the front seats, right in front of you, and you put those in the tithe and offering boxes in the back of the room. Um, I... I asked permission first, but I just felt the Lord was really speaking to me, and I feel like this word could really be hopefully helpful for others in this room. Um, As we were singing one of the songs, the the song, I found myself struggling to say the words, you're never going to let me down, because sometimes this world is hard, and we go through rough things, And I feel like sometimes it can be or feel like a letdown. And we ask God, why? Why did X, Y, Z happen? But then the next verse came and it was talking about, you know, the Lord, like he is good. And then we sang the next song and it says, how great is our God? And the Lord reminded me that, hey, in the midst of the troubles and the things that we feel like maybe it's a letdown, if you put your focus on me those things don't seem like anything in comparison to my goodness and my greatness. And it's just like Peter, when he stepped out of the boat to walk towards Jesus, it was when he looked away from God and he started noticing the storm that was happening around him is when he began to sink. And we need to be people who are going to focus on Jesus. And I am just as guilty, just as I said, it was hard for me to sing those words. You're never going to let me down, but guys... If we focus and we are so set on our beautiful, amazing Father, the God who did anything and everything for us to have life and life abundantly, we will not sink. We can step forward even in the things that are hard and feel like a letdown, but God is the one who scoops us back up and says, I've got you. Amen? I just wanted to share that with you guys because I, I feel like there's lots of stuff going on, and we need to be encouraged by when we focus in on Jesus, that's when we can run the race, right? So with that, <laughs> I have a couple announcements. For those of you that maybe you're new in the faith or maybe you want to renew your faith and you want to make a public stand to the rest of the world that I am on Team Jesus, we are going to be having a baptism on August 28th, which is a Sunday, Right after service. Now, the place is still to be determined. And so we'll figure that out. We'll have a potluck and we'll celebrate people who want to come into the kingdom of God. And, and I love what it was said once before. I've heard that when you make a baptism, it's basically it's a public proclamation of my, my inward faith. And it's like you're putting on God's jersey. You go under the water, and you come up with this jersey on, and you're like, yeah, Team Jesus! So <laughs> if you have not been baptized, or maybe you want to rededicate your life and with through baptism, um, August 28th, please be in prayer. If you have more questions about what baptism is and the representation, please come connect with myself, Pastor Rob, or any of the other leaders here. So again, Sunday, August 28th after service, we'll be having a baptism place to be determined. And then the next announcement is I need help uh, <laughs> in lots of ways. But the main way is we are going to be doing our annual Labor Day yard sale for the youth group. And yeah, and <laughs> um, <laughs> If if there's many ways that you can help, one is if you'd like to donate stuff to the yard sale, which we cannot take anything real early at the moment because we are tight on space. Although, if I have some people that want to come help me organize the sheds, we might get a little bit of extra room in there that we can put stuff in up until that time. So if you're interested in maybe helping to organize the sheds before the yard sale, please let me know. And then we need people that also would be willing to come like the Thursday before the yard sale. That's the big day that we set everything up that night. And then we have the sale on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. And then Sunday morning, we pack everything away. So we need help that day as well. And then we feed you hot dogs and hamburgers to say thank you. (laughs) Um, So please come connect with me if you are able and willing to either help organize before um, and then the week of, if you have stuff you'd like to donate the week of, just come connect with me and we'll, we'll figure it out. But um, we this is how we fund our youth group is through the yard sale. And so it's pretty cool. And then we've got our apologetics conference coming up at the end of September that a lot of those funds will go towards sponsoring um, students that can go to that conference, which is really life changing. So oh, I think that's all that I have for announcements. So with that, we're going to receive our tithes and our offerings. And I just have a quick question for you guys. How many of you guys have ever been positively affected by the Journey Church? Raise your hands. All right. So all these people, for those of you that are faithful and giving into your tithes and your offerings, look at all the hands that you've affected. Because when we give into our tithes and our offerings, that gives and that sows into the ministries here at the church. It's what allows our church to to run, basically. This is how we do what we do. And we want to, I think it's hard sometimes when we look at the dollar amount, but when you see the faces that you're affecting, that's when you know God's using our faithfulness in tithes and offerings and allowing it to bear fruit and to expand his kingdom. Amen? All right, so with that, let's pray for our tithes and offerings. Father, you are so good, and you are so great, just as we sung this morning. We thank you for the many ways that you bless us. We thank you for the many lives that have been affected through our faithfulness and giving back to you. God, we pray that you would continue to bear fruit through what we give, that you would cont- we would continue to expand your kingdom, Lord, and tell the world about who you are through what we give. And God, we thank you for the opportunity that we get to be a part of that. How cool is that, Lord? You are so amazing. Lord, we, we ask that whatever's given today that you would do just that, that you would expand your kingdom, allow fruit to be grown, and um, God, just help, help this little church on the mountain. <laughs> we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: And everyone tuning in online, I realized that I didn't change the online presence, so they're tuning into a, a memorial on Facebook, it said. so, But no, we're, we're excited this morning. Um, we, we have a guest speaker who's come a little distance to be here this morning, um, only about 12,000 miles or so. Uh, This morning we have Bishop Abel Oyaro coming um, to share with what's going on, and and Bishop Abel um, is one of our missions that we support here in Kenya, Africa. He's coming all the way from Kenya, Africa this morning. Well, not this morning. It took him longer than that. Um, He's actually only coming from Big Bear Lake this morning, but but, uh, he is um, a wonderful man of God. His His uh, bio, if I were to read it, would be too long, but um, he currently is the director of uh, Kingdom Kids Orphanage in Kenya with 75 children that they are responsible and they take care of, which came out of, and he may share the story, um, just this need um, when a whole bunch of these kids ended up orphans because of a g- government insurrection type of thing just a number of years ago. He's also been the head of uh, Bible College, Bible Colleges. Um, he's um, the bishop of 12 churches. Um, he oversees 12 churches in Kenya as well. Um, he teaches. He, he ministers faithfully all over. Uh, my wife, uh, Shannon, and Matthew have been on a missions trip to Kenya and got to see the work um, and everything they were doing. And it is uh, it is quite extensive, um, like I said, with the churches in different areas, uh, the Bible colleges, the orphanage. Um, he re, uh, He's recently uh, also just rec- uh, earned his PhD, is doctorate, was that something recent, um, after uh, many other degrees in, in studies. So we're going to welcome Bishop Abel. He's going to share a little bit about the ministry um, and what he's doing in, uh, in, in Kenya. He's also going to be bringing the Word of God this morning. And one of the things I, I didn't say at the beginning is, is uh, above all those things before that, um, he is my friend. And uh, as we say, he is my Rafiki. And um, I love this man dearly. And so let's welcome Bishop Abel (laughs) Oyaro to the pulpit.
3: Amen. (coughs) Uh, When praise and worship was uh, up here, they sang a song. And... uh, I failed to jump up and sing it in Swahili because uh, it's this song they say, uh, then sings my soul, we sing that in Swahili. Maybe, maybe, I may want to teach you some Swahili and see if you are going to get it. But I'm blessed to be here this morning. I'm so humbled to be here. And uh, this has been a great time to Big Bear. I've met many friends. I remember the first time I came up to the mountain. I was living with a, a Victor and Elise house, wonderful people. I was blessed to be there having a room like a king. <laughs> that was wonderful. Then from there, I moved to uh, Mickey and Hall. Uh, Mick Hall. Yes. That was wonderful too. And the funny thing about Mickey, Mickey is a great guy. So this one day we are going for a hiking with him, and I'm wondering this old man is limping. How is he going to beat me? <laughs> and so we went to the mountain, and then, uh, you know, we are having these two sticks, and we are trying to climb up the mountain. My goodness, I am seeing in my head there, and I'm wondering how could he beat me? <laughs> I said this man has some experience, regardless whether he's limping. He's a great guy. I've been blessed to be there. I've met wonderful people, people like uh, Joe, uh, Gary, you know, Ralph, James, you know, many people I'm getting here, and they are becoming my brothers and sisters from another mother. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to bring you greetings from Africa this morning. I was fortunate this morning to talk to my wife and the kids, and they sent their greetings so kindly I received them. Uh, Like Pastor said, he is my friend. I happened to meet the wife before I met him when the wife came with Trish uh, to Kenya. And uh, we did some ministry, wonderful people. And Matthew, then he was a young man. And uh, we were blessed by their ministry. Now, in 2007, we were having a general election in Kenya. Like what is about to happen Next week, on 9th August, we are choosing a new president. So that particular year, in in 2007, it was a time I had begun a church. I had planted a church in the slums of Nairobi, and uh, we have begun, you know, we are moving on, and we are doing great. But then, when the election came, it was contested. One group said it was rigged. So they said, no, we cannot accept this. This was ours, so they stole it from us. And so in the process, it actually sparked uh cl- crashes. Violence was all over the country. And uh, in so doing, it rendered some kids uh, homeless. They became orphans. And we had begun a church. And so we didn't know what to do. They began coming to us, so we became their parents, and we began to raise them, and I'm excited to see what God can do. Since that time up to now, God has blessed us, and the ministry is growing. Amen. Amen. Are you... You know, sometimes my African accent is hard. Are you getting what I'm saying? (laughs) You see, we were colonized by the the Britons, you know. And so sometimes we speak differently like you speak. And we drive on the wrong side of the road as you do. (laughs) And so the ministry grew. The church is growing. The Lord is blessing us. But as the ministry keeps on growing, the needs also keep on expanding. Like right now, the present place where the orphanage is, is so small. The government requires us to have a, like a five acre land where the kids can play holistically so that they can be running up and down and having fun time. So we are trusting God to get some miracles so that we can be able to acquire the property and be able to put up some good structure for them. And uh, the church, equally, where I am pastoring currently, we have also a challenge. Thank God, Amina, I'm coming to a nice church, having nice carpets. You know, in our church back in Kenya, fortunately, we have been able to plaster on the walls, but on the floor, it's all uh, dusty. And we are trusting God that we will be able to uh, put up the, the, the tiles At least people can enjoy having a wonderful place to worship. And equally, we are also working on the church office. We are working with them both simultaneously. It's a challenge, but the Lord has been faithful. What has happened that really shocks me? When COVID-19 came, some of our members, I may not know much about America, but some of our members took it as a good excuse. They never came back to church. Some of them are out and they are saying, you know, we don't want to be closer to people. But the point is this. COVID is here to stay. So we have to find a way on how to live. Our life has to continue. We cannot every time be fearful of what is going to happen. We have to (laughs) trust the God we serve. And so the church, you know, the attendance is a little bit challenging back in Kenya, but we are trying to encourage them so that they can keep on coming on and we thank God. And like Pastor said also, uh, I teach in the Bible school. Uh, we train pastors. We encourage them to go back to their villages so that they can <coughs> be able to bring hope and a change in their communities. So that is what I'm doing, raising leaders and raising kids, giving them a smile And besides, I have my own family. I'm a family man. I have a big family. But biologically, I have three. And uh, the oldest is uh, 31. And the youngest is uh, uh, 13 years old. So they are in that range. The second born is turning 30 this August. She's actually here in Delaware doing her master's in uh, in medical health. And then... uh, my other third born she's in i mean he is in kenya he's in us in his last year in the university but then we adopted a little girl she's so cute she's 13 years old very cute and uh, she's a total oven you know as we were moving around the villages preaching we found and she got attached to us and then i spoke to my wife we wanted her uh, we wanted to have a baby but uh, Time couldn't allow, so we decided we can take this. And she has become an adorable kid in the family. My kids have embraced her, so she is part of the family. I used to say I'm a father of three. I need to learn to say I'm a father of four. So I am a proud father of four kids. Amen. Amen. And so we are blessed. We thank God. Challenges are there. But one thing I want to leave with you is pray for Kenya. We are where we were in 2007. I've been watching on, online the campaigns that are going on in Kenya. There are two groups of people that are very close competing. But the only problem, I don't know what happens with the campaigns. In of them giving us what they are going to do for the country, they have decided now to call each other names. You know, trying to show the other party is bad. This is the best party. So those are the issues that are going on. But on 9th August, Kenya is going to decide who is going to be the next president for the next five years. So pray that again, we will not go back to where we were in 2007. We want the peace of God. We want a peaceful country. We want a place where we can walk freely and serve God without any fear. Amen. Amen. And so pray for us. I love you people. I am excited to be here. My skin may be dark, but my heart is so clean. <laughs> yeah. And so I love God and I, I thank God for you all. You guys are wonderful. You look good. Amen. Amen. I mean, you look good. I'm not enjoying you. I'm speaking the truth. You look good. Amen. Amen. I want to go to the word of God. And if God gives me the grace of singing, I may teach you that Swahili song. But, you know, nevertheless, the Bible says, make a joyful noise. So, I may decide to make a joyful noise, but tell you what that noise means. (laughs) Okay, let's go to the word of God. And then uh, study and do something together that I believe is going to be a blessing to us. This This is not a secret in the world that we are living in. Things are shifting. Things are changing. They are not the same even as when we were growing up. Things are really different. The enemy is at work and the enemy is attacking the family unit. So we need to be very, very careful. I'm not an old guy. They say life begins at 40, so I'm only 20 years old. But at that age, I find there's a lot of things that are going on. I know maybe some of you have missed what I said, but that is exactly what I said. (laughs) I said life begins at 40. If that is the truth, then I'm only 20 years old. So, what I have seen in my lifetime, as young as I am, it actually amazes me. When I ask those who have gone ahead of me, those who are older than me, actually, there is a lot of challenge that is going on. So, today, I want to share with you from the passage of Nehemiah chapter 4. I want to read Nehemiah chapter 4 and read some few verses there so that we can study That passage together and get to understand because the title of my sermon this morning I am going to be speaking about fight for your family fight for your family because the enemy is fighting our families equally we need to stand up and do something for the family unit that God gave us God has entrusted us with our family and that family is so dear to God Let's read together in uh, Nehemiah chapter 4. The Bible says, But it came, I'm reading from verses 1. But it came to pass that when Son heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And they spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what do these people, Jews, will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now, Tobiah, the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach unto their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be plotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So build we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. If you have your Bible, I want you to underline the phrase, for the people had a mind to work. Verse 7. But it came to pass that when San Barat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the preachers began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. And there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall." And our adversary said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass, that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, from all places whence ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you." Verses 13 and verses 14 is my key verses this morning. Therefore set I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places. I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, <coughs> your sons and your daughters, your wives, and your houses and it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work, verses 20 in what place therefore ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort theater unto us? Our God shall fight for us. Now, I have read these verses so that I can uh, build my case that I want to share with you. You know, I said earlier when I was beginning, things are not the same. The world is not the same. Things are shifting around us. We hear of temptations. We hear of fighting. We hear of crumbling marriages. We hear of teenage rebellion. We hear so much about a world that is spiraling out of control. There is a lot that is going on. It's like the world is spiraling out of control. We are told there is nothing we can do to restore what we once had. But that is a lie from the enemy. They say our defenses are weak against the wiles of the enemy, the devil. And he had warned that he would infiltrate the very existence of our lives and the lives of our loved ones. The enemy is on a course. He wants to make sure that the family unit cannot be able to be together. Nevertheless, the Bible says that if you will fight for your family... Our God will fight for us. If you rise up and fight for your family, our God in verses 20 says he will also fight for us. So Nehemiah remembered how the war around Jerusalem was. It was once a proud fortress and the principal line of defense from attacking enemies. But what he encountered was altogether different than what he remembered. He saw torn down walls in need of repair. He wondered, what can I do? I want you to know Nehemiah was not a constructor. Nehemiah was not a stone mason builder. He was just a cup bearer in the king's place. And so God gives him a burden. God gives him an arch, go and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Stranger still was this tag on his heart that God told him that he had chosen him to do the work. Imagine he is not experienced in that area, but God calls him and he chooses him and he says, It is you that is going to build the wall. To make a long story short, with God's enabling, He was able to rebuild this wall in 52 days. More important was the rebuilding of people's lives and their spirituality and renewing their faith. Just like Nehemiah rebuilt the wall, you too can rebuild your wall. Because no matter what the enemy has done to your family and done to your home, with God's help, you can rebuild a fortress that the enemy cannot Penetrate. We are here this morning, we are going to be talking about this, and I'm not going to be talking about uh, physical walls. I am going to be talking much more about the spiritual walls, that the enemy is trying to make sure they are not able to be rebuilt up. There is a cause for you, what is fighting, and that is to protect for your family. There is a cause worthy for you to fight for. God has entrusted you with a family, and that is a worthy cause for you to fight for. If the home is the number one priority of the devil, then we better make sure it is the number one priority in our lives too. Because the enemy wants to make sure the home is going to dysfunction. It's going to be not together. You better be committed to God, And you better be committed to your marriage and to your family. Because the enemy is committed to make sure he finishes you. If this is a weak area, then the enemy will make himself right in home and divide and conquer your family. But we are not ignorant of the works of the enemy. We will be smarter than the enemy. And we are going to fight and make sure our family is intact. Amen. Amen. In this, I want to do something, but you forgive me. I have a bill here. This is a bill of $1. And so the value of this bill is $1. True or false? Now, I'm going to do something, but you forgive me. That's why I said you forgive me. So, if I give you this bill, you can be able to buy something worth one dollar. True or false? Now, watch it. What's the value of this? Are you sure? If I give you this money, can you be able to buy something worth a dollar? Okay, I want you to watch again. I'm not finished with it. What's the value of this? If I give you, can you buy something worth a dollar? Okay. Now listen to me. You are right. The value of this money is still one dollar. Now this is what the enemy is trying to do. He is squeezing us. He is scrambling us down. He is disfiguring us. He wants to press us so much to the point that we don't realize that our value in God still remains the same. That is what the enemy wants to make. He wants to tell you, no, you are nothing. You can never be. You can never succeed. Your family can never make it. But remember, my friends, your value in God, it doesn't matter what you are going through right now. Your value in God still remains the same. Since you said this money can work, let me keep it. (laughs) Because it's going to work. When we know that we are valuable in God, it doesn't matter the schemes of the enemy. It doesn't matter what the enemy does to our young people, to our families, to our spouses. It doesn't matter. We have to understand our position that in God, we are very important. Now listen to this. <clears throat> so Nehemiah is doing the work, but as he begins to do the work, he meets with opposition. And in your walk with the God, you will meet with opposition. I am not a prophet of doom, but this is the reality. You will meet with opposition. You will meet with the challenges on the way. So Nehemiah gets some opposition. Some say, what are these guys doing? Imagine the wall they're building. If a fox goes up, this wall is going to fall down. That is so discouraging. But Nehemiah says, no, we are doing a great work. We are not going to stop. We are not going to stop. And somebody comes in the name of a friend into Nehemiah. And they says, listen, Nehemiah, they have conspired and they want to kill you. I want you to run into the temple and hide yourself there. Nehemiah says, no way. A man such like me, I will not run away and hide while I live the work of God to stop. So they did everything. Sanibarat, Doppiah, Geshem, the Amorite. You know, they did all they could. And I want you to know, these spirits are still alive today in the world. They are there. They are there to discourage us. But I thank God, be mindful that we Have an awesome God. And that the Bible promises us. No weapon formed against us will prosper. No weapon. They will come. But God will fight for you. We have the promise of God of victory. In in the home that is built upon the rock. God says he is going to give us victory. God is going to fight for us. So. Today, as I speak to you, this, there are walls that have been crumbling in our society today. In Nehemiah, we find plans that will help us to rebuild the broken down walls in our world. Today, walls that once provided protection against the enemy schemes are crumbling all around us. In our families, in our churches, in our culture. Today, more than ever, God is calling his people to be men and women who, like Nehemiah, will trust him with their lives and work to repair the damage before it is too late. We need to rise up and fight for the family. Being neither a constructor, as I said earlier, nor a contractor, nor a stone mason, Nehemiah, was not an expert In the war repair, but he had a willing heart. Listen, friends, when you have a willing heart, God is willing to use that heart to transform it to what he wants you to become. Only become a willing vessel. Our nation is filled with broken down walls. The walls of human morality are fallen down the walls of christian family have fallen down the walls of peace are crumbling all around us the walls of prayerlessness have been replaced by secular life and humanism the walls of character and integrity are fallen down people have changed what god wanted them to be and they are doing things that are Totally different. The words of respect and honor are fallen down. The words of love from our parents are fallen down. The walls of marriage are falling down. Yet God is still calling our people at this very hour to rebuild the broken walls. God is not yet done with us. He says, even if the enemy is working in and out to finish us, no weapon that is formed against us, that is going to prosper. God will give us a way out. The Bible says in John 10 and verse number 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. The thief is at work, and he wants to do three major things in the family. He wants to steal. He wants to kill, and he wants to destroy that family unit. That's what the enemy is really working at. But it is time we take a stand for the family. I take America to be like our elder brother, to be our bigger brother. Listen, friends. Many that world countries are looking for you for leadership. They're looking to you, for example, to be role models. But if America crumbles down, if these walls of morality, I'm talking about, crumble down, if what I am hearing is true, and if that thing goes back to Africa, then I'm telling you we are in trouble. It is time for us to rise up and fight for the family. Satan will do everything in his power to tear down the walls of spiritual protection around those you love. He will do that. But as a father of four, this is my resolution. I don't care about what other people will think. I have decided I am going to fight for my children. I want to fight for their future. I want to fight for them to stand. We must stand up and fight. I want you to know that our children are so dear to us. But the enemy equally knows that, and so he will make sure that he fights so that we don't unite together. Now, what kind of nation will we be left for future generations? Today, I step into the ring and I am going to fight for my family. I am rolling up my sleeves, putting on my gloves, and I am going to begin the fight for my family. Nehemiah says in verses 14, he says in the New Living Translation, Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the leaders and all the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord, who is great and glorious, and go fight for your friends, your families, your sons and daughters, husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, even your in-laws and your homes. And verses 20, the Bible says, In that place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. So I want to say to you, friends, today, we are going to fight. The God that blessed us and saved us and gave us a family, he knew that that family is very special to him. So we have to fight. Have you looked around over the situation in America today? The few one month and so days I've been here, there's a lot I've had. There's a lot I've had. Half of all marriages end in divorce, even among the born again believers. That is a pandemic. That is tragic. Drug use in middle school students is on the rise. The average age of sexual activity is 11 to 12 years. There is trouble in the family. According to Dr. Dobson's focus on the family, this is what he says. Children see violence. They see rape. They see adultery. They see burglary. They see drug use. And they see vulgar language in prime TV on a regular basis. That is Dobson. He says what kids see in our prime TV is what is actually formed in their mind. What are we doing as Christians? The teen pregnancy is still an epidemic. Teen suicide still happens. Average age, 15 years. Young people are taking on their lives. What is happening? Don't be afraid of the enemy. He is not all powerful. He will not and does not win in the end. He must flee when you rebuke him. He is under our feet. Remember the Lord. He is great. He is glorious. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. Go out and fight for your family. The Lord will give you the victory. The Lord will stand with you. If you won't stand and fight for what you believe, you will fall for anything. What do you believe in? That is what That matters. And if you don't rise up and fight for what you believe in, then you are going to fall in for anything. That is why in Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 12, in the New Living Translation, the Bible says, We are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the devil, uh, the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against wicked spirits, in the heavenly realms. We are not fighting against each other. We have to put it so clear. We are fighting against the spirits that are trying to make sure our families are going to dysfunction. How do we fight for our family? one, we must become guardians for our families. You must become a guardian for your family. Who is a guardian? A guardian is one who protects. One who guards over and against. Guard your children. Guard your spouse. Guard your relatives. Guard your loved ones. Be a shield unto them. God is counting on you. Don't say they are of age. They can make up their mind. No. Sometimes you may think they are of age, but the enemy has stolen them. So you better be able to Bring in the voice of reason. Make some sense to them. Pray for them. The Bible says in First Timothy 5:8: anyone who neglects to care for family members, he has denied the Christian faith, and he is worse than an unbeliever. What do I guard them against? If I am going to guard them, what do I guard them against? Millions of filthy porn sites on the internet. The internet is killing us. But I pray to you today, this morning, when they Google, may they not find what they are Googling. (laughs) Because they Google every time. Internet has stolen the mind of many people. But I stand and challenge you today that when they try to Google what they are looking for, may they find a different thing that can become a blessing to them. The ungodly fashion of the secular world. There's a lot of ungodly fashions around. We need to guard them. Listen to this, friends. Boys should look like boys. And little girls should look like, act like, talk like, and dress like little girls. You cannot tell me that I am what I think I am. If I try to say I am a woman, there's something wrong with me. I am a man because that is how I was created. But there is a philosophy out there that is saying you are what you think you are. And we are shying from the pulpit to speak it boldly. If you believe the Bible, you are a fearfully and wonderfully made. God knows your sex. He knows who you are. If you are a man, you are a man. If you are a woman, you are a woman. You can never change. Maybe I'm overstepping, but I'm speaking from the Bible. We need to fight for our families. I know young people here. They will love me. Or maybe they would say, this black man, let him speak and I go back to Africa and leave us the way we are. But listen, what unites us together is the word of God. We are all brothers and sisters. We read the same Bible. And the Bible gives us the guidance on how we should live. Yes, you may want to be cool. I'm not against for you being cool. There are very many ways in the Bible that you can be cool and wonderful. There are some extremes you have to avoid and yet be cool. You cannot do other things that actually question your faith and they question what you believe, and yet you say, I am cool. No. You can still be cool in Jesus Christ. You can. I have that confidence that you can. So number two, we must stand as defenders for the family. We must stand as defenders for the family. A defender is a supporter, an advocate, or fan of. I defend the traditional family values of the word of God. God, listen to this, friends. God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, or Eve and Edna for one another. If I believe the Bible, that is what the Bible says. Adam and Eve were created, not Adam and Steve. So what is happening here when you find the same people Want to legalize what God says is an abomination. We need to fight for the family. At least somebody needs to rise up and speak the voice of God in the society. If they accept him, well, they will change. If they refuse him, then you will have said what you know how to say. Fight for the family. Amen. Be a supporter. Me, that is what I'm supporting. I, if, if I find my son bringing another young man as the, uh, the girlfriend, I'll tell him, son, you must be wrong. There's something not right with you. If I find my daughter bringing another girl and saying, this is my, uh, my friend that I want to marry, I will have to fight. I will tell them, listen, this is not possible. I will not say they are of age, let them decide. I will do within my powers and ask God to help me guide them. I will not condemn them because I know maybe the enemy's influence has gotten them. I will keep on praying for them and advising them and making sure that the same sexes will not be married in my home. Amen. What do you think is the uh, marriage definition, biblically? I defend that marriage I stand upon as an advocate and supporter, and a fan of traditional home. America and in Kenya, we are in trouble. God says all immorality is an abomination. The enemy is hauling things at the church at a record astonishing pace. We, as Christians, God-fearing, Bible-believing, All spirit-breathing believers must defend our families from the attack of Apollyon, the devil. We need to stand and fight for the family. The men and the women of all, they fought for their families. I believe it is time we do the same and defend our home. Moses fought and delivered, delivered his family from bondage. Noah protected his family from the flood. Joseph provided for his family during the time of famine. David killed giants preserving his brother's lives. Esther's one night with the king saved an entire nation. Abraham fought to flee Lord, his nephew, from captivity. Ruth fought to, fi- to provide for her mother-in-law. Jacob fought with Laban to win his family. Chiras fought for his deathly daughter's healing. A father brought his demon possessed son and a mother brought his demon possessed daughter to Jesus to be set free. How are you fighting for your family? We see men of old, they stood for their family, they fought for them. Number three, we must fight as champions. We must fight as champions. Who is a champion? A champion is a role model. A champion is an example, the best of their experience. When I look in this house, I see more experiences here. I walked into the house here. I was greeted with joy and the rest of the people there. And there was a mother, I will not say how old she said she is. I saw great wisdom, great grace. Champions have great grace. Champions are role models. Become a role model. Become an example. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26, I therefore so run, not uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that pitted the air. New Living Translation says, I am not like a boxer missing his punches. I am not shadowing boxing. Champions know how to aim at it and hit their target. Fight. Because if we fight, God has promised we are going to win. Champions, champions don't back down. Become a role model and an example. We must fight against the blessing blockers the devil places in our family's path. There are blessings that are specifically ordained for your family. But the enemy has blocked them. You need to fight until God releases them so that the blessings can be yours. Fight for your family. Rally the family troops to battle together. You and your family can possess all things that Christ died for you to have. The devil is a liar. I stand here to tell you the devil is a liar. We are a more than a conquerors. That makes us champions. In Christ, we are more than conquerors. Listen to me this. Only God knows what a child gets from hearing their parents pray. Only God knows. Listen to me, friends. You may think it's an easy thing, but you are forming their values. You are forming their faith. Only God knows what a child gets from hearing their parents pray. Only God knows what a child gets from seeing their family worship together. God knows what will happen when a father and a mother are united and worshiping God together. Only God knows what a child gets from seeing the family walk in integrity. Only God knows, only God knows what child gets when seeing parents walk in love, embracing each other. Only God knows. Only God knows. What a child gets when seeing parents bathe their tithes and offerings. There's something you are forming in them. You are telling them, this is the way. You are telling them, we value this faith. And whenever they will go outside, in some way, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way they should go. When they will grow old, they will not depart from that. In some way, they will come back and say, no, this was not in our family. So form the family now. It's not too late. You can still be able to salvage what is there. Only God knows. Be an example. Fathers, I want to encourage you. You are to be the priests of the home. You are supposed to bring the presence of God in that home. Don't become a lion, become a priest. Love them. Embrace your kids. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 4:19. I mean Deuteronomy 4, verses 9, teach what you have seen and the heart to your children and your grandchildren. I want my children to avoid the pitfalls. And the storms I have gone through. May all who come behind us find us faithful. Peer role model. What do I believe in? Let them know what I believe in. Like, you know, my kids are funny. They are like another young people. At the age of that one, those are grown up people. So when they come from where they are staying, they want to bring what they they, they have learned there. So we have devotions every day, and so I would hear my oldest say, I want to go to bed, so do what you, you should always do. And I'm asking him, what do I always do? You guys, you read the Bible and you pray. You don't want us to go to bed before we do that, and so we don't want to break that. Oh, so you know what we do every time. So today, are you going to lead us and uh, uh, open up for us? No, 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 no. You are the father. Read. So anyway, I read, we pray, and then they go to bed. So they know when they come home, there are values they can never change. We pray together. We have fun times together as a family. And when they go to sleep, I say, God bless you. Become a high priest. Speak to them. Because only God knows what that can do into these young people. Outside, they will get more knowledge, more information. But let the information you give them be so valid that they embrace that knowledge other than any other, that they value that knowledge. They will remember dad and mom, they will not do this way. I mean, that is how you need to be a role model. Fight for your family. We fight for our families by standing firm. You know, kids can push. They can push. They can press. But be firm and loving. Be firm and loving. We fight by walking in faith. Don't be a double-minded parent. Be a single-minded parent. Because if you do things this way and then you do them this way, the kids are smart. They know. Be firm and loving. And walk in faith by what you say you are. We fight by persevering in prayer. Let them see you praying. I mean, train them to pray. Lay hands on them. It's not bad to go to hospital, but try to pray for them. Teach them. We fight when we stay in the business of God. Stay there and stay in their lives. Put an influence in their lives. If correction is in order, stand up and make that correction. You know, correct them. You know, you are the father. Fight with love. We fight for our families because the Bible says when we fight, that God will fight for our families. You fight with love for your family, God is love. So God will not let you down. And listen to this don't quit. On the family. Don't quit on the family. Don't quit on the family and don't wait until tomorrow. No. Now in conclusion, I want to say this, in conclusion, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Are there areas in your family structure that are, that are struggling that struggles, that seem too overwhelming to conquer on your own. If they are there, you are at the right place. Tell God, help me. I am struggling in this addiction. I am struggling in this area. I came to find out that young people in Kenya, I didn't know that, even young girls. Every year, I have uh, have youth camps. So, I gather several young people, two, three hundred. I take them into one place. We go and teach them the Bible and teach them the Word of God. I was amazed. A girl that has just joined Form 1 was a drug addict. I didn't know. And then, uh, thank God, she's confessing to one of the ministers that I call. And the minister is telling me. And I said, if she opened up to you, please help. I don't want to interfere. But later on, I came to know the struggles began from the family. The enemy is so smart. Young people are struggling. Young people have what I call unspoken. They have things they cannot, they don't find a place they can speak them. Make that home a place that they can speak their feelings. That you can be able to help them. They have what I call unspoken. If they speak, you will wonder. But if they open up and speak, don't wonder. Give them love and give them hope and help them. Amen. And then number two, as I conclude, everyone is busy with daily commitments. Where do you see your priorities today? Do they need to change? Do they put God and family first? Or it is work, 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 work. Where is the family? Where is the family? Give it the priority. Let your family be number one. What habits have you instilled into your family home to foster God's guidance and leading of a spiritual home and lifestyle? I like what Joshua said one time. He is speaking to the Israelites. He is telling them, I am tired. I'm only trying to paraphrase it. I am tired with this kind of lifestyle you are saying. And he says in Joshua chapter 24 and verses 15 and 16, he says this. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But I like what they responded to these people. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. As for me, make it clear. Grandparents that are here, still you have a voice to your grandchildren. Don't say, oh son, oh daughter, I raised you. Now it is your time to raise your family. No. If you are still alive, you can still pump some sense, some direction in your grandchildren. In fact, your grandchildren may be be more loving to you than with their parents. Because sometimes parents are harsh. They want you to stop it. But the grandparents are smarter because they are champions. They know how to bring them closer. And they know how to talk to them. They would prefer to go to grandma or to grandpa than going to the father, to the parent. So speak to them. Encourage them. Amen. Amen. That is what Nehemiah is saying. Fight for your families. America and Kenya are facing challenges with the family. We need to fight for our family. What? kind of a country are we going to have if we don't challenge this generation now? Some of the people are getting old. If you are past 70, guess what? Your strength is not as when you were 40. You are growing older. So we need these younger people to be strong and run and get the baton and go on. Then we will have a nation that is vibrant with the word of God. We need to fight for our family. Amen. Amen. I know it's not a popular message, but that is what God gave me to share with you. you. I am not going to relent myself. I am doing the same. Sometimes my sons are bold enough to challenge my faith and ask me questions. Like, like, like let me give you this testimony. It's a funny one. One of the presidential candidates in Kenya right now is a professor, but this guy... He says he wants to legalize marijuana. And so he has gotten a host of all the young people. They are after him. This guy is after us. But guess what? Have you known what marijuana has done? I mean, drugs are not good. Let's be honest. Some people who were in drugs are actually, they are wishing They had known earlier. And then you have somebody who is saying that I want to legalize marijuana, and so that the kids are going to grow it, and they are going to smoke it openly. What kind of a a country will that be? My prayer is that this man, even if he's a professor, I'm praying that he will not win. Because he's taking our children nowhere. Is actually delaying their dreams. These young people have a dream. These young people have a focus. These young people have a purpose. And they need to pursue it. Now, as I conclude, I have this poem I want to read to you. I want to conclude with this. Don't quit. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road seems all uphill, when funds are low and debts are high, and you want to smile, but you, have no, but you have to sigh when care is pressing you down a bit. Rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and it turns, as everyone of us sometimes learns. And many a failure turns about. When you might have won, had you stuck it out, don't give up. Although the pace seems slow, you may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. You never can tell how close you are. If it may be near when it seems to be so far, so stick to the fight. When you are hardest hit, when things seem worst, You must not quit. Don't quit on life. Don't quit. Amen. Amen. I came to encourage you that the family can enjoy and can live to the purposes of God. Amen. I want to teach you the Swahili song as I close. Are you ready? Let's sing it first in, in English. Then I can be able to teach you in Swahili. Who can lead us in English? (coughs) (coughs) Then sings my soul. Which key? You know, I'm going to make a choice for noise. So, if you're going to follow my key, you may be lost. (coughs) (coughs) How great thou, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Now try in Swahili. <coughs> Roho yangu Jinzi wewe ulivyo mku roho yangu na hikuimbie Jinzi wewe ulivyo mku let's try you are doing good roho yangu na hikuimbie I kindly request you to open up your mouth and sing it, and then I'm going to pray, please. Let's sing in English and then we'll finish in Israel one more time. It's the same song but different languages. Make me feel in Africa. (laughs) Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee. Then sings my soul my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. How great how great Roho yangu nahiku imbie, cinziwewe ulibyomku, Roho yangu nahi ku imbie. Amen. As I go to sit and I call pastor to conclude, uh, I forgot there is a, a prayer request that he came. Uh, while I'm here in America, a friend heard that I am here. And there are two orphans, they are in high school, and uh, they are total orphans. They don't have anybody to support them, and uh, uh, they they, they need money. So this lady is telling me, Bishop, I know you help kids. Could you please help me too, that these two kids can go to school? And so, I'm only requesting you to pray. I know you may not have it right now, economy is challenging. But there's one thing you can do, you can pray. And God who hears prayer will open a door miraculously, and these two boys will go to school. Shall we stand up as we conclude? Our families are so dear, and I want you to know that you are so dear. And so fight for your family. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you this morning. I want to bless you, Father. You are faithful. You love us so much to the point that you tell us your purposes and how much you value us. Lord, I pray for this dear congregation. Give them understanding and wisdom about family. And Lord, let us embrace you in every step of our life. Father, I pray that we will stand up as a mighty army and fight for what the enemy has done into our families, that we will be conquerors, that we will be winners, that we will be champions. Father, we thank you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody say, Amen. 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 Brother, welcome.
0: Amen. We're going to receive an offering, and so the gentlemen are going to get ready to, to do that. You can give online um, anytime. You can do it in text. There's a on the website. If you go to the giving, um, and one of the options to give is missions in Kenya. Um, we we want to get behind what's happening in uh, Kenya with Bishop Abel, and and uh, you know so thankful for the word. We need to hear that um, that. Uh, The family is still, we believe that the family is still the the bedrock of this nation, and we need um, strong families. Don't get sucked into the cultural movements. Just because the government legalizes things doesn't mean that we should partake in it. You know, in some countries, it is legal to beat people who are homosexual or who are Kissing in public. The go- it's it's legal to to uh, beat people like that, just because the government says that it's legal doesn't make it right, doesn't make it what we should partake in. Okay, we we need to live according to what the word of God says always. When and uh, so the family, um, we just need to keep pressing into the Lord. So it was a good message. Um, we need to hear that. The world needs to hear that. Um, as we give. There's a lot of um, need, but I hope your heart was, was uh, connected here with the ministry that's happening there. Um, we, we're going to be helping um, the ministry move on and on. In fact, one of the things I'm asking is if you have a connection to a foundation um, that has a heart for kids, um, let's try to connect Bishop Abel with organizations like that because the need to take care of 75 current orphans is much greater than we can do. Um, uh, we're going to be helping Bishop Abel develop um, a websites and information so that his work can continue along with the, the 12 churches, the orphanage, um, the Bible school, everything else that's going on. So um, give as it's been put upon your heart and be praying for uh, the ministry, be praying for the country, be praying for the family. He's been here for two months, three months, two months, Long time to be away from Beatrice, his wife, and the kids and the orphans. Um, So be be praying, and also again, if you have connections, um, let's talk and let's try to connect them together. Um, There is uh, there are organizations that could really be a blessing to what Bishop Abel is doing. But we're going to close in prayer, and and uh, after we receive this offering, and uh, you can make the checks directly to the Journey Church, Um, and then we will get all of the funds to them and that's why through through the church website you can give directly into that and we will get that all to him Um, and you can give monthly if you want through us and we will get that to the ministry in Kenya and let's pray and maybe we could get a little missions trip together and go see what's happening who'd like to go to Kenya anyone we got a few people that'd be awesome um so we I think we're going to do that and um Bishop Abel, are you available Wednesday, this Wednesday? I am. Okay, we're going to steal you for our life group. And so, um, but we will we will meet here this week at my life group and have Bishop Abel come and share some more and be together. So if you want to come, you can be part of that uh, this Wednesday. And uh, we'll, it'll be informal, but we'll do it here so we get a little bit extra room. Um, let's... Uh, uh, um, Let's go ahead and pray, and then Stacey will have the uh, ushers come forward. Father, as we give into the ministry that's happening in Kenya, God, um, we just pray that you would touch each of our hearts to be connected, to pray, and to give how you would, how would, you would lead us to give. We pray for um, wisdom, strength. Uh, for Bishop Abel and those working in the in this ministry, in the orphanage. God, helping these young people to go to school, um, even on to university. We thank you for the results and the things that are happening there. Bless him for, for ministering to us and continue to move the ministry forward. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. And come forward and let's receive an offering. And, and once the offering is done, um, you can go get wet. You can get wet, amen. Since it's raining, we can just sit. we can go to the cafe right here and have lots and lots of coffee and lattes instead, and just hang out and and uh, we'll just have some time together. No hurry to to leave, but bless you guys so much. And one more time, let's give Bishop Abel a hand and a thank you. <clears throat> and I'm going to teach you. Did anyone did anyone else think? This is a really good time for Google when we were singing the song. I did. I I looked it up, and I was singing with him because I I read it. So Google can be a wonderful thing, and so I was able to sing. But we'll we'll teach you. uh, Thank you very much. Asante sana. Asante sana. That's how you say thank you very much in Swahili. Asante sana. Sana. So you can tell him that as you go. And some of you are going, that sounds really familiar. And that's because it's in The Lion King. <laughs> Asante sana, sliced banana. <laughs> okay, so yes, that is, thank you very much. And that is a Swahili song that they say, there's a couple of those in those. Um, anyways, so Asana. Uh, Asante Sana Rafiki, Pastor, um, blessings to everyone and have a great, and you make sure you talk to him, he's, he's here for a while, he's not going anywhere, it's too wet.